A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Tone Aries podcast. I'm your host, James Enno, joined by my good friend, Timmy Lang. Hi, everyone. Ron is on the deck. Say hi, Ron. Hi, Ron. And a friend of ours mm-hmm. is in the hot seat today, Olivia Hart. Hello, how are you? How are you keeping? Nervous wreck, but I'm besides that, I'm quite good, quite good in myself. Do you know what? Nervous is good for you because yeah. it, it really grounds you and it makes you more aware of who and where you are. Yeah, oh, I'm feeling every feel, feeling yeah. out of me. Yeah, you look a million dollars. Yeah. Well, that helps. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that helps me. The, to oranges, be okay. the oranges have to bring a nice little bit of uh, color to the studio. Oh, so like black and white. Came, in here. I was given all the tips yeah. uh, to wear something bright against the black. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. <laughs> Uh, your friend's with Darren who, I am Who's been yeah, on the indeed. podcast yeah. yeah She gave me the tips uh, Yeah And I was saying um, Like since we started And any kind of A little show we've had um, You've always been there Yourself and Darren And your group of friends mm-hmm. And that doesn't go Unnoticed by me and Timmy Good. And it's great to have your support yes, we, you. we love all your shows It's always a little bit different Always inspiring Definitely educational Do you know There's yeah. never we never come away with nothing. Do you know, you'd always come away with something and from a bit of crack, all your stuff. And, a bit and of crack the too. crack, definitely. That's, that's one yep. of the highlights. The James. jokes. <laughs> yeah. And the normal, do you know, the normal jokes yeah. like, that you'd be cracking, like, do you know, yeah. the nudge off the, the rock yeah. from Just Everest. Just the cock humour, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's yeah. lovely. It is lovely. We enjoy, know? like, when James gets going and he, he's <laughs> a bit giddy, like, uh, it's good crack. Yeah, yeah. 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 And but, you bounce well off each other, like, yeah. don't you? We know you. But for mm-hmm. the people that don't know you, yeah, mm. tell us a little bit about where you're from. So I'm from the South Side. Apart. He's disappointed to know. Uh, I'm from Ardenry Avenue on Polyduff Road. Oh, yeah. Um, I have lived in the North Side on many occasions down through my years. So I'm, there's a bit of an R in me. Oh, definitely. Um, so, yeah, so I was born and raised in Ardenry. The family home is still there today. And uh, it was a lovely park. Did you know, there was only about 15 houses in mm. there. All young kids. Uh, you had the best of times, mm. do you know, um, Jesus, make from making camps now, yeah. burning fires to kick the can, you yeah. know, just a normal, like, Innocent. lovely, lovely friends mm. growing up. And I still have those friends, some of them today, you yeah. know. Um, yeah, it was lovely. It was a great place, actually, to be uh, brought up in. Um, yeah. Siblings. I'm the middle of two two girls, yeah. I have an older sister, Gillian, and a younger sister, Michelle. She's deceased since uh, 2015. And you have a famous granny. I have a very famous question. James just stole my my line. <laughs> Did I? Sorry, don't, stole... don't be fighting now. <laughs> don't be fighting now. What are you settling in now? I, I, like, cause I'm mad. Like, I mean, the kids, we're going to make doomies like so every week. I yeah. you a couple of times and gave you lovely compliments, <laughs> but I won't say it on air. Um, yeah, I, Peggy Toomey, um, very proud to be her granddaughter and she lived with us all her life as well. Do you know, for the people 
most of our audience aren't from Cork. Mm-hmm. Would you explain who Peggy Toomey is and what it means to you to be her mm. god- granddaughter? She's a legend in her own right. Mm-hmm. She was a very kind woman, very hard working woman. Um, her and her two, two daughters and actually all the family at one stage, her sons all worked that shop mm-hmm. um, from morning to night. You know, could be half eight in the evening and they'd be finishing up, you know, if there was stock there. It was such a shock back then that, like, you know, the pallets would be delivered outside. Um, people would be waiting for those pallets to be dropped and literally everything would be bought right outside the shop off the pallets. And it's changed an awful lot mm. to today, you know. Now we have to horse the pallets into the shop and, you know, it's not it's not what it was years ago. But, um, yeah, I came from a very strong grandmother mm. and that was passed down to my own mother. She's very strong, hardworking person, you know, and um, and that was passed on to my sister. My older sister would be very like my mother, hardworking businesswoman, um, would give anything a go. You know, she's involved in gymnastics now in Bantry and mm-hmm. she has her own business, uh, the boutique, get shout mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it, I didn't, for my own reasons and for my own journey, get into that hardworking. No, I worked down there for a couple of years, um, and it like I love the customers. Mm-hmm. I love the customers. You know, you become friends with the customers and down ev- there. Everybody in Cork City knows Peggy Toomey. Yeah. yeah. And like Peggy Toomey's it's a shop on the Coal Quay, which is like an old marketplace and there's so much history and tradition mm-hmm. down in that area. Steeped, yeah. But like Peggy Toomey's like it's like um if you say the words Peggy Toomey to somebody in Cox City, they immediately know who you're talking yeah. about, the yeah. shop and everything that goes with it. Mm-hmm. So, like, you must be very proud of that. Very proud. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my mother and my, my mother and my grandmother are, like, um, kind to their customers, mm-hmm. would help them, would give them, you know, like, if it was the addict or the alcoholic off the street, my mother would have a fierce compassion for, like, still, that's all passed down. Do you know, my nan, do you know, the old mm, book, yeah, yeah, Jane, yeah, yeah, everything, do you know, that was all the first kindness. Do you and know? would you have loyal customers for donkeys who are still coming in? Oh my God, there's generations now, I mean now elderly, they're elderly now and they still come in, rain, snow. I'd be like, I, I'd, I'd be allergic going into work on a rainy mm-hmm. wet day and like they'd be an elderly customer. She said, I have to come in, it's part of my day. Mm-hmm. Do you know, mm-hmm. I'm not right if I don't call into Peggy's. Mm-hmm. And look, her her customers have changed over the years and stuff like that, but there's still the old school public cost customers it, is coming it in. Is more difficult for the shop now with the likes of deals and Mr. Right Price? Oh, very you know? difficult. Yeah. Like they've seen, um, oh, what you call it, like where everything goes uh, pear-shaped. Mm. Oh, Big what's recession. that word? Recessions, thank yeah. you, James. Yeah. They've seen a seen a couple of recessions and they've never been so impacted as to what they are now. Mm-hmm. And especially after COVID as well, you know. Mm. But when they did up that street years ago, you know, yeah. uh, it changed because people stopped taking that route. Mm-hmm. Couldn't yeah. park up and fill up your car with bulk. Like, yeah. You could only call yeah. down Carry, and lift... Yeah. And the warden is always there. So, mm. so things changed awfully. It has changed. Uh, even though they saw through recessions, it's not the same. It's not, no. Unfortunately. The shop we are, when, when we pass is still the same as it was back yeah. in the day. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. The shop now is probably half the size of the, the studio yeah. here and you wouldn't believe the amount of food that they yeah. get in there. Oh, like, 
like you're talking about how it's going to be passed down to generations and I'm, I'm looking at my small fella and I know for a fact he's going to be bringing his own kids in there. Yeah, please God, you know? let us still be there down the ah, road, you know. My mother's not giving up anyway, yeah. that's for sure. <laughs> right, we, we, we know loads about pagan. Yeah. So we digress, as about, the fella says. Let's hear a little bit about yourself and um, how, you, how I was growing up in school and stuff. Well, school, I was always switched off. I was, uh, I suppose, just to say, like, um, there was addiction in the family, mm. you know, uh, with the parents and stuff like that. And I suppose that caused a fracture mm. and it caused something within me. Now, if my two other sisters were here, they'd, we'd all have different experiences. We all turned out yeah. completely different yeah. from each other. But, you know, it was what it was. And um, I suppose I was always like in my head, I was always somewhere else and I was always escaping. Um, whether it's with the friends and staying out later than you're supposed to. Mm-hmm. And in school, I, um, I, I suppose I am intelligent. I'm not going to say I'm not intelligent. I just couldn't uh, pay attention in school. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was kind of getting into a little bit of trouble here and there, but not major. Do you know, I never was like um, in major trouble as yeah. a teenager growing up, do you know, that kind of way. I started drinking when I was 12 um, and just trying to like, as I felt like everybody else was doing, I was just doing what everybody else was doing. Mm-hmm. You know, we were all having the few drinks and what have you uh, at the weekends and sometimes you got away with it, sometimes you wouldn't. Um, Into the cold bath. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. You're getting the... Oh, the <laughs> chewing gum, the sprays, the everything. Like we just, uh, sometimes I didn't, sometimes I didn't. And, um, but I suppose I stopped drinking. I was in a relationship um, with... Uh, a fella, Tony, Tony Swan. Mm. You would know him, I think, to yeah. me. And we were madly in love. I mean, now for teenagers, we mm. were madly in love, and uh, we were friends for years before that. Like he would would have been, been one of the boys that would have hung around our park, mm. um, and we were friends for years, and we ended up being together. And it's weird to think that you were so in love at such a young age, but mm-hmm. we were, we were. And mm. um, I got pregnant mm. at fifteen. Um, and it was a little bit of a secret for a while. Um, and sure then I was actually doing my junior cert at the time. Um, my back used to be cracking. Nobody kind of knew. Mm-hmm. This is, <laughs> they thought I was just gaining weight. Yeah. Like, and, uh, eventually, Did your parents know? No, not initially at the very, very start. No, I, I was about four months pregnant before. Uh-huh. And I was starting to show. And like literally the last day of my exam, my skirt burst, you know. Uh-huh. <laughs> And my mum was out to finding out. And I never forget, I went down to the call, okay? Yeah. Uh, I think I was actually in between exams. So I had to go back, yeah. But it was the last day. Someone was after squealing on me, cousin. And, uh, but Jesus, she had to find out sooner or later. And uh, I just said, what do you have to do? What do you have to do? And uh, I said, I know. I said, but, you know, we want the baby. And she's like, she did give us the options. We had yeah. the options of abortion, adoption. I could have gone away to France to uh, my godmother to hide out this, that. I was given every option, but me and Tony were saying we were having the baby. And uh, we were supported from there on then, do you know? Um, by his family and my own family. Oh, no, no, some people when they're pregnant mm. and they get cravings for food. Handy when your nan's fucking biggie doing. I know, yeah. <laughs> Munch, munching chipsticks. Yeah. It's handy in one way, but... Like, oh, yeah. Because yeah. there's, a, there's a tap of chocolate in there, trust me. Yeah, I, oh, I mean, do I leave with a bag of chocolate? It'd be like, it'd be like, a, it'd be like a cocaine addict. I know, every Sunday morning I wake up. <laughs> every Sunday morning I wake up and I'm just riddled with 
skill oh, because of the amount yeah. of chocolate I I'll tell you, yeah. we lived through it. We never yeah. stopped eating. I don't know, is this conversation going to go keep going back to Peggy Tumi every I show know, for yeah, all yeah, minutes? Maybe so, but harm. Who knows? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, we going back to somewhere much like... Yeah, we were, we were very much supported in the pregnancy uh, once we told him how we how we felt and where we stood with it all. Um, and his family, I never forget his mom and dad. We, I was standing outside his house and like afraid to go in and I never forget his mum brought me in and she sat me down and she said Olivia people in glass houses can't trust her and she said mm. you're not to stand outside that front door she said you're welcome to come in here she said do you know and I just was it was lovely it? oh my god yeah and I, I, I relayed it back to her a couple of years ago and I was on the phone to her about something to do with Jane you know? Yeah. Uh, do you know, and it was, it was it was beautiful. Do you know that f- sense of acceptance? Do you know, and she understand and understanding. What was it like for a fifteen year old giving birth? Was it difficult? Were you um, were you physically mature at that stage? Or were you? Oh, I was like Jesus. I'm I'm this size since I am like yeah. fifteen. Do you know, we're all fine and tall. Um, great growth spurts in yeah. our house, yeah. but um, not the labour. Um, the pregnancy was fabulous. Um, my mum got me private. Uh, doctor and she set me up for a private hospital back then and it was perfect everything was perfect I loved being pregnant I loved the movement I bonded with Jane do you know what it was a girl um, I bonded with Jane from the womb okay. really did like and Tony was talked to the the tummy and everything do you know <laughs> and that's that's 15 year olds yeah. like as much as I was drinking up until that point and I was smoking I stopped before anyone even found out I was pregnant stop smoking stop drinking you know, just had that maternal instinct. Had it, had it from the get-go. Um, and uh, yeah, so the, the pregnancy was beautiful. I very happy memories of it, you know. And when I came into, went in to have Jane then, it was a, an easy labour. You know, I actually got the epidural. She was the only one I got the epidural on. And uh, she was born perfect to me. And uh, But she turned very, she got very ill within a short number of hours. Um, 17 hours old she was shifted over to the neonatal in uh, the Ironville Hospital and that's where they saved their life over there she arrived there near dead with me the midwife and my mother and um, I suppose nobody ever explained or told me to a great extent you know mm-hmm. what happened to her um, and I just blamed myself you know um, just blamed myself and carry great shame mm-hmm. about it, thinking I did this to my daughter. Do you know, like all I was really told was, um, it was a uh, she picked up an infection. It could have been in the birth canal, which yeah. I felt like, oh no, or she could have yeah. just picked it up. Um, and that's all I kind of knew to the extent of it. And it developed into meningitis and sepsis and the whole lot. And she arrived near dead. Um, so that was very tough. Yeah. I was sixteen at the time when she was born. Just turned sixteen. And uh, she had to be blessed in the hospital. And I never forget my father, my mother, Tony and myself were there because they didn't think she'd make it. And uh, when I looked, like we were all hysterical. Uh, and when I looked, my dad and Tony had to actually leave. They couldn't, you know, they were hysterical out in the co- corridor. I never forget it. Mm. But she pulled through, thank God. Thank like she had a fabulous doctor, Dr. Tony Ryan. Um, am I allowed to say names? Yeah. Through this. Right. Yeah, Dr. Tony Ryan, he saved her life. Uh, and the nurses around her, it was 24, like she needed 24, like watching, you know, mm. beepers, this, everything going off. It was touch and go for a week. And after a week, then we knew she'd make it. But I was just told, like, developmentally, uh, time would tell. 
and she got love where she ended up being severely, severely disabled and severely brain damaged okay. from it. Yeah. And down the road, I, I did the best. We did the best we could. Do you know, okay. I, she came home, my mum and dad, still very supportive. They built on, the, they converted the a garage into our own bedroom because like that, no, my nan would have been living with us. Mm. Two sisters, three bedroom house. So they like, they converted the garage and everything. And mm. uh, she was sick for the first year of her life. She was in and out of hospital for the sick first year of her life. And I did attempt to go back to school during that because my aunt across the road, very supportive now as well. She offered, you know, for me to go back to school, she babysit and, uh, but it just didn't work out. I had to pull out of school. She was so sick. Yeah. Mm. What was that like? Tough. Yeah. Mm. And it's only now I can kind of talk about that stuff. You're a child, like. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's not, it's, it's hard enough for a child, a 16, having a child, having mm -hmm. a baby, but mm. having a baby with so much needs, mm. must have been very stressful on you mm -hmm. and your family at the time. Yeah, it was, it was very stressful. Like, I, I remember, like, for the first two years, Jane wasn't out of my arms, mm. do you know, and she um, had a couple of uh, head uh, surgeries from her hydrocephalus fluid on the brain. They kept failing, the shunts. So she was either in my arms and she slept in the bed with me for two years. Mm -hmm. But like, I, I loved it in one sense, um, but yeah. it was tough. She had fierce, fierce complications. So many appointments, you wouldn't believe. Outpatients appointments, eyes, ears, mm. everything. Do you know, her follow-up appointments with the paediatric doctor, everything. It was mm. full on. What, and, what, but I had loads of support. Did you, did you find comfort in alcohol at the time? Or how did that um, I suppose a year Maybe a year or two after Jane was born, no, maybe about a year, I started experimenting with ease. Took my first yeah. E, puked it back straight right back up. Yeah. Um, my friend was looking fishing for it. Yeah. Um, as, as you do, oh, it, it cost about twenty pound back, back then. Yeah. It was in the foundry. I'll never uh, forget it. And yeah, uh, yeah for sure, I swallowed it anyway again. And <laughs> uh, that was like started with the ease, I suppose. Mm. Just trying to escape, I suppose, the reality of my situation. I'm poor myself and Tony started to break down uh, relations. Like there was massive pressure on us when I think back of it. Mm. To look at a, a 15, 16 year old girl now. I know. For her to experience, you know, like, but I, I just always oh, just gone on with it. And I suppose used yeah. drugs to uh, cope, I suppose, you know, on the weekends and stuff like that. Mm. Um and they do that. They do. And, and and drugs actually help you to cope when you're going through trauma like that. Mm -hmm. That's what it is. Mm -hmm. You know, you're going through a really difficult period in your life and you said it there like you, you for a while you, you were giving yourself a hard time over over your, your daughter mm -hmm. getting sick and stuff like and some we there's no explanation for things like mm -hmm. that. These things just happen mm -hmm. like and, and I suppose when you're that young. You don't understand it. Couldn't process you know? it. You don't understand it. Couldn't process it. Couldn't verbalise it. I think that was my issue really is I couldn't voice it. And then down the road, Jane had to go to cope. I think it was um, from my sister's confirmation or community. I can't remember now years. It's like, you know, to put years on stuff. But uh, she was going in for one night, but I never remember having a choice or a voice or anything in the decision of this. Mm. But I do look back on medical notes now and say, Mom needs respite, Jane needs respite, you know. Yeah. And um, I remember the first night and it's like, this is, this was the hardest part of the whole story. Uh, myself and my cousin Valerie brought Jane up. It was only for one night she was coming home the following day. And, you know, I suppose there was other children in there with disabilities, some visible. Jane looked perfect, you know, and... Uh, 
I suppose it brought the reality of it yeah. really to yeah. me. And I actually passed her. We were given a quick look around and I gave her to the nurse or the staff who was on. And I actually felt like I gave my child away there and then. Mm. Like forever. And then she did have respite after that, say a couple of nights on the weekend. I can't even remember, but it started as respite. And from that point on, it wasn't because of when she was born or her illness, but from the point of me handing her over into Cope, I thought I gave my child away. Mm. I abandoned her and I couldn't vocalise it. Couldn't say I don't want this to happen. Now, I think down the road she would have needed it anyway because it takes three people to care for her now, to yeah. bathe her, round the clock care. But um, I just have no voice or no say, I think really impacted me and I felt deeply deeply ashamed mm. that my child I wasn't caring for or mm. you know and Tony and stuff like that um, and I turned to drugs I re that's when I really turned to drugs and I just gave up it just confirmed to me that I was a failure that I always felt I was yeah. that there was something wrong with me do you know that it was always like something mm. bad happened around me but and I always swore I was going to do everything right by Jane but I was never prepared for her illness yeah. her disability you know, nothing gets anybody. It doesn't matter if you're an adult of 30 to 40 mm. years of age. There's mm. nothing gets anybody ready f to be able to handle mm -hmm. a situation like that. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and you're young at mm. the time and, you know, you're, you're still in school and you're trying to understand what's going on for you within your own body, all the emotional stuff. And it's really like I'm here trying to understand it a little bit. Uh, like mm -hmm. when I was that age, I was... <laughs> I, I didn't know my arse from my elbow. I know. You know? I know. But I actually feel I was a bit more focused, including at that time, that period, just that period from like age, you know, getting pregnant and having Jane and minding her around the clock. And even you go into autopilot, you know, when your, mm. your baby's sick and you just you just keep driving on, you mm. know, and yeah. I'm being forced to bed by my sister and my mother because Jane never slept. Yeah. She was so sick, she'd sleep for an hour and she's awake again. They literally said, you have to get a night's sleep, do you know? And they, they took shifts minding her just to give me one night's break. So it was an awful lot to deal with, even though I just got into autopilot, you know, and just said, I'm going to do this. And, I, you know, I'm going to prove everyone wrong as well, you know, because yeah. I was a bit mischievous when I was younger and, you know. and Rebellious and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Do you know, but mm. like nothing older, completely older than yeah, ordinary yeah. tiny other kind like, of teenager, yeah, yeah. you know, hoping that's, up and that's having what we do. drinks like that's what you do, like. cider. <laughs> yeah, that's, you know. That's what you do. It's it's not that your, your intentions are to harm anybody not even yourself it's just mm -hmm. that's what actually happens and that's how we act and yeah. that's how we figure out the world and figure out people and figure out ourselves and and emotions and get your heart broken yeah. and oh you know. the heartbroken mm. <laughs> you know? those of experience well, that, in that too but that's yeah. all, that's the stuff that takes you out yeah. of them teenage years yeah. and, and, and you, you kind of grow into the the late teens the early 20s and you kind of move back to the, having a little bit of a relationship yeah. with a parent and stuff mm -hmm. you know that you didn't have during the teens exactly you mm. <clears throat> wanted to be anywhere but at home like you just yeah. wanted to be out having fun and escaping yeah. and yeah. loving you know I loved my friends I used to love brilliant friends to this day like my friends are like my family yeah. do you know I have a great great core group of friends yeah. and mm. how did your life progress um, after Jane went into care um, I just kind of basically gave up and I met somebody else that was probably as wounded and sick and um, 
hurt as me, do you know, and the wounded are attracted to the wounded, as my mother mm. told me when I went into treatment one time. And uh, I just got caught up in him and was obsessively in love. Nearly he was like, I was told in treatment, like he was my primary addiction when I was going into oh, treatment. Like. Yeah. I said, uh, in, I told a counsellor uh, in treatment one time, I, she, I said, I never said no to him. I never said no to him once in the seven years mm. we were together, you know. And um, and she said, Olivia, oh no, I said, I said no to him once. Once in seven years I ever said no to him. She said, what would happen if you said no to him? And I said, he wouldn't love me. So I knew there I did massive need to be loved, feel love, give love. Like I was all about like if I just made him happy, if I just did this, if I just did that, you know, and I was cooking dinners, he'd no fucking interest in having dinners and he wanted to be out and about and he was wild and I had to settle down to an extent for Andrew because we, I got pregnant with Andrew and um, so things had to calm for me and it didn't stop him, you know, nothing changed for him. But after Andrew was born, you know, and I feel sorry for Andrew, even though he's the reason I'm sitting here and we might get to that later. But I was afraid to connect with Andrew when I was pregnant on him because I felt like I left Jane yeah. down and Jane was kind of starting to become residential in Cope at that time. And I I had to di distance my, you know, I suppose. Mm. Didn't want to do it. I, felt, I felt like, how dare I have another child and I can't even look after my own child. And, and you won't draw all this without talk, talking to anybody? Not a word. No, not a word. Must have been a lonely place. Mm. And I feel sorry for Andrew because I, I suppose I undiagnosed then had went into postnatal depression. Yeah. I gave birth to him on my own. So he was missing, you know, it was a very unhealthy relationship. And look, there was two of us in it. Now I'm not putting no blame. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I was just as unwell and unhealthy, mm. you know. And um, I remember going to the hospital and giving birth to my own and I couldn't get through to him. You know, 20 pence left on the phone and we were going up in the lift. Uh, mm. but it just came on straight away. The taxi man was saying, will I come in with you? Um, you know, things like that, like the loneliness, you know, because mm. I, I actually, I, I went into shock when I realised like, I was I like shaking and the taxi man was outside and I was pulling the curtains across me. I couldn't even dress myself. I'm banging and saying, please wait, please wait. And I'm, I'm saying I'm actually in labour and he brought me down and I said, if I've no money to give you. No, I, I gave him a present and stuff afterwards. But he said, will I come in? And I, I just couldn't, couldn't ring my mum because I was ashamed that he wasn't there and he was supposed to be there. Mm. And she knew that we yeah. shouldn't be together anyway. So that was very sad. You know, and I, I, I had postnatal depression after it, and drugs continued in my life. Mm. And I think for that period, for a few years, saved my life. What age you had to That age, I was um, 21, 22, 21, 21. Lot has happened. Lot, yeah, yeah. Jeez, you're a strong woman. I know, but you don't think it at the time. You just I feel like, don't. see, I had to box off all these these feelings. And I don't feel, I never felt strong. I just felt like ashamed, embarrassed, a failure. They were my feelings of myself, you know. Um, yeah. And what was that these like? Oh, like With we. Andrew and. It, poor Andrew got neglected. Do you know, I was partying, do you know, that was. I went into the scene of partying as much as I could party. I would leave. My, it went to the stage that I was like, not come home, you know, to, the not coming home, not showing up. But like, 
that she, if I said to my aunt, can I just run up to the shop? Do you know, if I was in her house, blood sober on a Sunday at 12, she'd say, take Andrew with you in case I'd like it. Mm. Do you know, and that's, that's, you know. And it was just about, I had the house, then I was after, like, I was after moving into a house with uh, Andrew's dad uh, while I was pregnant. And uh, so we had that house and we were on and off, on and off all the time. So my house was the party house. So I had, that, I had the party house, so everything, yeah. like I didn't need to afford drugs. Yeah. Just, you know, I had, yeah. I had gaff. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and poor Andrew, he's seen and suffered and witnessed absolutely everything to, uh, to you know, to the, up to the time that I went into treatment. Um, my partner, or Andrew's dad at the time, he say he went to, um, to prison. He went to prison for 18 months. And uh, to please him, and um, because I was in tashes now for drugs, from drugs as well, uh, this the ceiling roof between mm. the bathroom like fell in mm. into the sitting room. I remember just sitting there were people that I was intimidated by. I felt I had to like leave them into my house, you know. And I was just sitting there, and all these things were kind of coming up for me. And I said, I need to kind of get off drugs. And he's in there now, and he'd be thinking about me now. Uh, you know, like mm. what am I up to? And I don't want to wreck his head. Mm. And I um, I signed up to Arbor House as an outpatient, uh, on an outpatient program. And that was in 2003. Um, and I and I showed up weekly and I did, did my three things and then he got out. And How old were you at that time, Louvie? Uh, 2003, I suppose. I would have been 23, 24, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Just that's that's very that very was good. My first days to recovery. Yeah. yeah, that's for somebody that age like to understand that they needed some bit of help is mm. is a massive massive thing because at that age you have the belief a lot of people have the belief that oh god I'm too young mm. I'm not good you know mm. but like for you to have that little bit of awareness that mm-hmm. you knew there was a problem there and yeah. to actually go about it on your own that's a massive step. Yeah. I know, what, I know. What was it like going to have a host? What were you doing? Like, uh, group, group work. And, and to be there, I know I was there, but not there. Do you know, that uh, kind of way. And I started attending meetings, but I was running in and like a nervous wreck, you know. Uh, I was going to the meeting, I was sitting down. You could smoke in the meetings back then. I remember like, mm. um, it was so long ago, but I, I had no voice. I couldn't open up. I couldn't talk to anyone after the meeting, before the meeting. And then it kind of started going to a stage where I was pretending I was going to the meeting. You know, um, and sure. But like, I suppose something still sticks with you, you know, even though I kind of was running in and out and all that, like I knew there was somewhere that that you could go to. Do you know what I mean? That that was about as much as I kind of grasped. Uh, but as, as, as soon as himself was out, then... Um, not that he ever put pressure on me. He was, you know, delighted that I was off because probably didn't wreck his head either when he yeah. was up there. But mm. he never, like, said, right, we'll start drinking. No, it was never like that. I made the decision. He was home and social life came with it, you know, out and about and stuff like that. And I didn't want to feel left outside or excluded. So just started drinking straight away and yeah. taking coke. And Isn't it bad how people can get addicted to people? Yeah. Mm. Always a big shock to me, James. To find out that, mm. to be, for that to be said to me in renewal. And some people put their recovery as well based on other people's, yeah. mm. on, on, on other people being in their life. Yeah. So, and, and I know it's my own experience because when I was in prison, I was waiting for the phone call of Nicole to say, do you know what, Timmy, jog on, mm. you know, we can't do this anymore. I'm bringing up two kids here on my own. I can't deal with this stuff anymore. You'll have to, we're finished. And, 
I used to base my recovery on, on that because I wanted to go back using, yeah. you know. But um, thankfully, thankfully, it didn't. And today, yeah. I live my life in recovery for me mm. yeah. because I love it. Mm-hmm. That's why they yeah. say in treatment centres as well, like don't get caught up in relationships or in cliques mm-hmm. oh, because yeah. then all of a sudden your recovery now is dependent on somebody else. Mm-hmm. And if they fail, you're going to be flat in your face. I you know? know. I'm putting people up here on that pedestal, somebody that's in recovery, you know, because I've often heard fellas saying, do you know what? If he ever goes back in the drink, mm-hmm. I'm going back too. Mm. Oh, that's very common, yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that kind of talk. Yeah. When I hear people saying things like that, I say, there's something wrong here. It's oh, recovery, a very personal journey. Absolutely, absolutely. It has to be. Mm-hmm. It's different for everybody. Like I wound up, I'm now in a current relationship for the last six, seven years with somebody that's in recovery and mm. it's frowned upon. But now we go back years yeah. as friends since 2011 um, and ended up getting with each other then um, in 2015, a couple mm-hmm. of months after my sister passed away. Okay. Um, like, it doesn't work for everyone. If I if I done it in early recovery, I probably could have relapsed or whatever. But I, mm-hmm. when I finally got clean, I, I, I stuck by the suggested things, you know, and all, you know, yeah. there's loads of suggested things to do when I, when I was ready, I was ready and I gave it everything, do you mm-hmm. know? Yeah, it's just mm-hmm. early recovery is where you want to be careful. Mm. But when you get stable in yourself, yeah. Yeah. by all means, yeah. go for it when you're yeah. in a better place when yourself. Work, when you're, you're, the work is done, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, you can, you, you're able to make a decision based on how you're feeling exactly. then. But in early recovery, well, you're, you're not play. basing any really decision. It's it's more of a lost thing, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, mm-hmm. because you're still, you still have some of the behaviours that you're carrying from your own. Yeah. When you're caught up in addiction mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So, and that period of your life, he got out, you were mm-hmm. back drinking. How long more did it take before you... Um, well, it, uh, I suppose we got into heroin not mm. long after that. And the following week, it was crack. And mm. I loved the crack. Mm. I still love it to this day. I couldn't even watch it on telly. Mm. I really couldn't, you know. And, uh, but I needed the heroin to come down off the crack. Mm. And I went to kind of... To levels of stealing from my family, mm. my mother especially, robbed her blind. And I'm ashamed to say it, but I did. And it's I acknowledge normal. it now. That's, yeah. that's, that's normal. Um, I created kind of havoc, really. Um, you know, I was keeping a handle on it for mm. a while, tipping away off it. And I, I had this thing like, I'm not going to get strung out with this at all. I've got this kind of like mm. sauce, you know, do it like three nights of the week, you know. <laughs> And then it became to like, um, you know, get two rocks, one bag to come down. And it just escalated the amounts and the freak. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Quincy, and then I remember we were at a christening. There was drink involved. It was after shedding stones. Like, you could not imagine me now eight stone. Mm. You know, like, just, I was faded away. And I remember waking up the next morning and crying to Andrew's dad saying, I think I'm, I'm sick. I think I'm sick. I think it's after happening. Do you know what a panic? Then the race is on then, mm-hmm. do you know, to get it every day. It's all I thought about. Money, Robin, drugs. Yeah. Money, Robin, drugs. Money, Robin. And I love the crack. So I had to have that and the, the couple of bags that's how I kind of got strung out because mm. you know I just had to have the couple of bags to come down off the crack or else I was loopy yeah. do you know this kind of like you see on telly like manic like manic how fast did that actually happen like from the period of time where <clears throat> you started just having this small bit here and there on the weekend or whatever to actually being strung out I'd say about three months Jeez, that's, that's fast like that's mm. that is it like did mm. you have access to a lot of drugs at the time uh, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, mm. no, but money, I was stealing a lot of money. Yeah. It was like happy When you have the money, yeah. Because, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? When you have the money, you have access to whatever you yeah. want. Yeah. Do you know, yeah. um, you know what I mean? when that was caught, when I was caught out of that, um, it, things became very desperate then mm. for both of us. Mm. Um, and like I say, my poor Andrew mm. was just uh, brought along for the ride and saw everything, mm. everything yeah. that poor boy. He was like the decoy, shoplifting, flat screen. Tele- I mean, now huge flat screens. I was going in shoplifting. I, they, they wouldn't even fit into the trolley. You'd have to place them across the top of the trolley. Like, it just just had to be done, like. Because I walk had out to the door with it. Like, literally walk out the door. Mm. I'd, be, I'd be walking around and pulling the bug off. Like, the, it was like a bow. Yeah. And it's beepy. And I'd get it mm. off and I'd put that somewhere else. And I Andrew would be the decoy and, like... But that I'm, is, I'm being caught shoplifting yeah. with him as well. Oh, that is Phil. typical behaviour mm. of someone that's strung out. Yeah. Just, mm. just you do what you have to do. You do oh, whatever yeah. you have to do. Like we've all done that. It's yeah. the, the shame and the yeah. guilt afterwards is you when know, you're thinking oh. about it and you think like, how the, how the fuck could I do something like that? Yeah. I tell you. But when you're in it, it's just the blinkers is on. You need the money to get the drugs. It's the feeling. That's it. It's yeah. just how the feeling. You need, you need that feeling to yeah. go because you can't handle the way you're feeling. There's only one thing can do that. Yeah. That's the drug. Drug. Yeah. The drug. So powerful. Unreal. It was absolutely... How did it come to a head? It came to a head, um, I suppose, breaking up with my son's dad was the first part of my journey of getting clean. My father passed away um, on 27th of July, 2006. And it was the first time I really needed support and help with Andrew to go to the funeral, to be there. Like my father was on life support for a couple of weeks and uh, he was of no help or benefit to me. And look, he he wasn't able and I had to rely on other people. And uh, my uncle, like when I was up and down to the hospital, was saying to my mum and Gillian, like she is fecked like, you know, can you not see? But I suppose everything going on with my dad and everything just going on. Well, life and me being 
absent, you know, and running away. It was easier if you just turned a blind eye. Yeah, so I I just, a few days afterwards, then I just made up my mind, in this here and now, one of us are going to die. Mm. And I couldn't kind of really forgive him for not giving me the help with Andrew, you know, to be available for the funeral. Like he was asking me for, to get him a bag. Mm. After my dad, like, was just buried. And here I am leaving, mm. you know, to run down to give him his, th- th- and, you know, and he couldn't help me anyway. I just couldn't kind of forgive it, couldn't get over it. And I said, if I don't get out of this, something bad is going to happen. And it took me a year and a half then of flying solo, getting into all mixed up, bad trouble, um, charges, you know, I never had a charge in my life until I broke up with him. Like, I remember a time in my own house, like, crack was a big thing for me, as you know. So, like, there's a fella, like, with a guy, it's all out my Andrew around, gas mask on, ammonium, fingers of coke, like, washing it up in my kitchen. You couldn't even go into the kitchen, the fumes. Another time, fella, um, got robbed basically and I got blamed because I was the easy victim because the yeah. others were felling that like he didn't want to fight the fellas and I was kept hostage in my own house with Andrew for like two or three days. They tore the place asunder. There was big debates about who took it and I never forget it. They gave me a, a couple of lines off. Um, no, they gave me a smoke off the crack and that was all they gave me and kept me there for the couple of days, strung out to bits like that was... When I think back at that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's fucked up shit. Do you know, because they knew you'd want more after the first. Yeah. Do you know what I, you know what I'm talking yeah. about? And uh, when I look back at that and I say, did I really experience, live through that stuff? Mm. Like, mm. do you know? He was, how did you survive it? We, we all think of things like yeah. that yeah. in our lives when we look back at our lives and say, um, there's a, definitely a, a purpose for me being here because mm. how in the name of God did I sur- survive this life? Yeah, I still, like, I was given 10 lives, I'd say, car yeah. crashes. Do you know, they, I could yeah. do 10 podcasts on the consequences and yeah. the stuff that I went through, but I suppose getting to recovery, is it? Mm. Uh, my Andrew, I kind of had an awakening moment when I was living in that house now, and um, I just said, like, do you know, I obviously, Jane was in residential care by then. And I said, if that hadn't happened to me, what would happen to him? Mm. Do you know, where would he end up? So I reached out for help to my family. Now they found it very hard to deal with me at, at being on the fucking receiving end of my addiction, my yeah. robbing, my everything, my sh- the shame that I was even causing them alone. Yeah. And they called upon a family friend who was in recovery and she, thank God, intervened, you know, a little bit of intervention because she could speak to me without emotion. And she said, this is the story now, Liv. There's a bed there for you in Brory. You'll be there to detox. You'll move on to Kumara Finance. It was just after opening up the Women's Treatment Centre. Yeah. She said, you have 24 hours to think about it. Do you know, probably said more now, but that was kind of the gist of it, straight out. 24 hours later, I said, yeah, I'm willing to do what I want to get clean. And uh, off we went. She drove me and everything. Um, and I went down and this blondie woman came into Bory. She was helping out around the house. She said, when did you last use? And I said, this morning. She said, OK, I'll be back in two minutes. So off she went anyway. She said, Olivia, she said, we don't detox people for heroin here. And I went, oh, shit. So off we were sent, you know, sent packing. And then Mary, who was helping me and driving me, she said, Olivia, have you anything stashed at home? Because being in recovery herself and being an addict herself, she knew, like, yeah. I needed a fix fairly soon. And yeah. I said, I've not, and I said, I was doing it, like, you know. So she brought me to doctors, got me sorted. She was fuming, fuming that, like, mm. the, that that place couldn't take it mm. when you really wanted to. Mm. What year was this? 
That was in 2007. I think I was up in Brody that time. Stop. Mm. I was in with Vinny. Vincent. I was in with Vincent. Tony Vin- Vincent, Vincent O'Brien. Vincent, yeah. Well, I was up there with uh, Vincent. I'd say it was in 2007. Vincent completed that a few times. Mm. But I went through the detox. I was up. I was in the detox in, in 2007. And uh, but how I got in was the exact same situation as you. I was you know addicted to heroin at the time, but they didn't do a heroin detox at the time. Mm. They don't know. Mm. And uh, so I just said I wasn't taking heroin. I was just tablets. So yeah. the GP knew in there. The doctor knew. He says just no heroin. As I says no 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 no. I just smoked that morning. No like swipe as bright as a bee. <laughs> He says, that's grand. He says, I'd see you in two or three days. Came back two or three days later. I was in an awful bit. He says, I says, look, I'm here now. And he just gave me one, a few D10s for a few days. And oh, hey. But it was, I remember it was a January and in Brory is fucking cold. Yeah. It's an old building, mm. isn't it? I never forget the cold up there. After a month, started to feel a little bit better. Cured, left, and mm. uh, relapsed on the day. Yeah. But that was my Brory story, anyway. But it's a little bit better now, I think. Yeah, oh, definitely better now. But like... Um, Did you I relapsed make your way back? After, I, I relapsed after my um, oh, I made my way back yeah absolutely I made my way back my sister took me to her house down in Bantry like I was I had lots of blessings along the way as much as I had kind of hardships you know she left me come to her house in Bantry in the middle of nowhere uh, it was actually kale kill and literally stripped me of everything phones keys everything and literally wore a dressing gown for a couple of days you know with the big pockets tablets everything in there and let me let me do the uh, the detox there and I, I drank wine to help with it because mm-hmm. they didn't know how to kind of medicate you back then yeah um, you yeah, know yeah, to help you like my my, yeah. my local GP like the family GP didn't anyway do you know so heroin for, was relatively new at that time in Cork Jesus, like. yeah mm-hmm. that's like 14 years ago it was only like yeah you know it's only coming in at that it's point it's only coming in really yeah, yeah. To the extent no. there is no... Absolutely, it's yeah. flooded now. Jesus, mm. Mary, it's awful. But, um, so yeah, I went, and as soon as I got a urine clean, I went straight back to Brewery and did the... They gave me, even though I was clean as a whistle going in, yeah. went on the usual detox and uh, went to Fernandson. And when I came out of Fernandes, I, I think it was like respite for me. You know, mm. it was just like Olivia on her own, kind of getting to know herself, having a bit of crack with the girls... You know, I, I was like, Mom, I think I really needed this. You know, when I was get the one phone call for 15 minutes a week, you know, I had to be incoming and everything. They were so strict. And I and I thought I had it, you know, I thought I was paying attention and things were sinking in and everything. Well, three months anyway, I left. My sister picked me up, Michelle. And just as I got out the gate, the fear. I know, that's a horrible feeling, was, isn't it? Oh, my God, the head was spinning. I was nonverbal. I couldn't even speak. Everything was racing. What, I don't know where I was going back to, what I was entering into. And I uh, went home to stay with my mom for a few days. Poor Andrew was in the care of my mother fair play to her for those three months. Um, and I couldn't go. Mm. I just couldn't go. Because I did try and ring into the treatment centre. I think I might have gotten one meeting, but within about a week I was in relapse. like, mm. And everything that I hadn't lost, which were only material things and I couldn't give a sugar about them. But all the not yet, she Andrew ended up in uh, social services. He ended up in the care of his father and his partner at the time. She fostered him. And then they weren't able to care for him anymore. And he ended up in the HSC with the like the social workers, placed him with foster yeah. family for a couple of months. And then he had to, he also has a disability, Andrew. Um, 
in intellectual disability, he'd buy and sell you. He's a character. He came to the That's table right. quiz the other yeah. night. Um, he thought, here he was telling everyone, I'm going to the Tunaris, I'm going to the Tunaris. Like he loves dancing and being out and DJs and stuff like. And I said, the poor child thinks he's going to her like a, a disco or something or a rave, a, a, a quiz. No, he enjoyed it. He asked, could he come here tonight? I said, it's a different kind of night now tonight. And but um, mm. yeah, what, what was I saying there? Yeah, so, so you, when you got out, you spoke about that fear. Oh God. But that fear is paralyzing, isn't it? Crippling. I remember that fear early recovery, mm. like what? the magnitude of the task ahead yeah. Oh it's like, my God. what am I, what do I think I'm? Facing life without your, 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 your crutch, if that's the right word, you're uh, facing life without any. And you don't, you don't have, have the super. security of the treatment centre bubble. Mm. Or to and give and up your friends. And the people, and you're going in. Who am I without my friends? Who will, yeah. Where will I go? Who will I be with? I just couldn't grasp it. So forward on, six months later, I gave it another go, back down to Gillian's. Uh, my sister to detox thank God and uh, was climbing out windows nearly rode off her car trying to escape I was doing a bad one that time just spent a lot of time <laughs> over the toilet bowl puking mm. but got there got there with this like I was literally at that point at that that detox I was locked in the bedroom mm. in a job but you know if there was nobody there to supervise I was climbing out windows I could do then because I was eight stone yeah. but uh, I wouldn't be able to climb up now but yeah thank God for the support of family do you know they were all there for me Is uh, that it then? Went back then and I, because of behavioural things, like, I was carrying on with the boys, not carrying mm. on, it was kissing or anything, mm. but you know, writing the letters, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just, you know, I have a need in me, I have a need in me, need in me for mm. like, and all I thought I had to offer was, you know, my outsides, yeah. and flirting, yeah. and I, you know, and so I was kind of used to getting in trouble for that stuff. Mm. So as punishment, um, they told me I wasn't going back to finance okay. and I was to do my three months on the detox floor, which was a bit of a killer now. Mm. Is that a separate part of the, the actual treatment centre? Detox is separate, oh, The yeah. detox, and back in that day, the detox for the men and the women was bought in Brory okay. and the women was on one side, the men was on the other side. Mm. But it, it passing notes is very common, isn't it? Very. I still have notes from Vincent. Oh, yeah. oh he cracked <laughs> me up. He was like, oh... Like you made it a little bit easy. Like we used to talk to each other out through windows uh, late at night. Uh, I'd be in the smoking room and he'd be in his uh, his actual room. You know, every every evening at six o'clock to do the Angelas. You know, to stand yeah. in the corridor and to do the Angelas. Vincent used to be there doing the Angelas, knowing Irish. <laughs> <laughs> we knew I, it off by heart. Off by heart. Like, but I tell you one thing. I laughed my way through my time up at there with him. Yeah, I did too. I, that was actually 2008 for me with uh, Vincent just making yeah. me clearing out because I actually spent the three months in there and he spent, you know, so I act, that's why I spent so many time. Oh, Some character, wasn't he? If I even showed you the letters. I, I drank my tears on him, I really did. Uh, but it was still hard, no and all, like as much. But you know, he's a distraction uh, at that. His father, Teddy, watches the podcast, actually. Oh, I know, uh, I know. Uh, I'm sure my mom used to come down to the family days with his mom and, yeah, you know, oh, there God. was a connection there. His mom sure. passed away there recently know, enough, Teresa. I know, I know. Around nice family. Ah, sure, I know yeah. Pete as well and I know a couple of the sisters and stuff like yeah. that from when we used to be down in Yall back mm, in the yeah. day, do you know. Mm, yeah. uh, it's, ma- it's mad how people kind of come back into your life later in life. But, um, I know. Yeah. How did, um, do you know, that was the start mm-hmm. of recovery and we all know what the start of recovery is, how it is. You're getting to know yourself. Me. You're getting to know trauma. Mm-hmm. You know, stuff that, stuff's coming up and you don't even know what, what it is the mm-hmm. feeling the emotional aspect of it mm-hmm. all the fear the shame the guilt mm-hmm. how <clears throat> how did you manage to get through all that what kind of people did you have in your life you know what did you do well I suppose that 
third and final time, I was 100% that I was going to give everything yeah. to this, you know, besides the mess and now in Brewery and all that, yeah. like, and sometimes wanting to leave, but I had nowhere to go anyway. I was homeless. The council took the house off me, rode off the car, blah de blah So I was, like, as much as I wanted to leave there sometimes, I had nowhere to go, and I said, like, this is actually better, th- better to be here than anywhere else, you mm. know. I was kind of homeless, really, you yeah. know. Um, but I said I was going to give it everything. But there was always something. I think you touched on this as well, Timmy, before I always thought there was something else wrong mm-hmm. with me. Do you know? So I said, all right, I'm going to prove now I'm going to do everything here and I'm still going to be, I'm going to, still going to fuck up in some way. It's not going to work. But it didn't happen. I spotted a fella that used to come back for the weekly meetings in Brewery, the men's meeting. Mm-hmm. And um, just linked in with him as soon as I got out of a... Uh, Rory, my stayed in my sister's house for the six weeks because my mum was kind of done with me. Mm. She wanted to wait and see. Not done with me now, like she was... She just needed to she, see we are real. She was done with real. Yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. She was yeah. there 100% she was, she was, was like... so much. Ah, yeah, and let down yeah. and I was after trying mm. so many times. A lot of false dawns, like... Yeah. Exactly, and I don't blame her one bit. So I went to my sister's house and I was doing the check-ins weekly with Renewal and I was going to two meetings a day. So I had no clue of what was how to live a life. Mm. But I was just going to these meetings, making new friends, hanging around coffee shops. And that was really it. But I had to be so aware of like every street I walked. Why am I walking the street now? Like my awareness was so heightened Mm. because I did not want to fuck up like, Mm. and I didn't want to go back. So I would check myself, you know, or you'd be scoring this, that and whatever. Like I had to check myself on everything. What street I was walking, why, where, everything. So I was Hyper vigilant about mm. my recovery, I really was. I gave it everything. I wrote, I had the, I put in the foundations. Mm. Um, then it, you know, I had the three months in renewal. I got another six months then um, in sober house, and I had a choice. I, there was sober house is a house where where people in recovery go to. Yeah, well, so the it's a three step phase. Okay. So you do your primary somewhere. Then you get into renewal. Now it's all changed now, James. Yeah. Fellowship and renewal are one now and it's mixed. Yeah. But back then it was nine women and fellowship has renewal nine like men. Renewal an aftercare house for women mm. up across from uh, okay. Vincent's. Yeah. Right. Do you know that, that house on Blarney Road? Yeah, Bungalow. Yeah. 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 And it was, it was a treatment centre in itself. It was second, it's secondary treatment centre is actually what it's called. Um, then people graduate from that. Yeah. And, and live in sober house. sober house. Yeah. And it was the first time I started actually being told I was doing good and I was doing well. And I never forget it. Like uh, I had a counsellor initially there and um, she was missing for two weeks. Say she was on holidays and I was in with Eileen Crosby. And she said, Olivia, I'm telling you now. She said, there's no work to be done with you. She said, your guts are on display. You're on the right road. She said, if I see you going off track, she said, I let you know, she said, but for now, keep doing what you're doing. Well, I was like, oh. the relief to hear that I was actually doing something right for the first time in my life. Mm. You, you were know, I was putting the work in and that just helped me so much just to hear those words. Mm. Do you know, I never heard it down Brory because <laughs> yeah. I was a bit of a mess and wanted the laugh and the yeah. distraction. So that was the first positive time. You know, it was like I fucking got A's in school or something. Yeah. You know? <laughs> You're and getting a bit of praise. I was I got a bit of praise good, yeah. and it just had such an impact yeah. on me. And I just, I felt like I was a good role model. Yeah. The other ones coming behind yeah. me just, uh, and I loved it. I tell you now, if they had a, a place where you could go back for respite, kind of like treatment as well. Like I often said to Eileen, you know, because I stayed in touch with them mm. all throughout the years. Like I would run to renewal years later, like, you know, about my sister dying. Mm. 
or like I've often run up there. Do you know, mm. it was just a kind of like home. Yeah. Um, but I came out of there with a choice of um, counsellors, my own pick, to follow on with my, uh, say, my uh, counselling. And I chose um, Audrey and she's still my counsellor to this day. She That's a long is time ago. 14 years to this day. Uh, Audrey's the a fan choice. of the podcast. Audrey's a massive fan of Hello, the podcast. Hello, Audrey. Hi, yeah. Audrey. We'll have, yeah, to get you, we'll have to get you over to sit in the studio one Absolutely. day. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, she'd love it. I actually wanted her to be here. I really did. But she's even helped me so much now. I told you, James, in the last three yeah. weeks with my nerves. And I suppose, not about my story, because my story isn't my story and it can't change, but like to not be hurt people in the process of my story, the mm. filtering. Yeah, mind you yourself know. as well, isn't it? Like. You know, so and, I and, hope and, I'm doing all right that way. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and we didn't, you know, I think and you're I'm, very mindful of, of, of other people. You're mindful of where they may be in their own lives. Yeah. yeah. I think you are. Yeah. And, and there's no blame and not anything. No blame. No own decisions on you know, the way. Never. You know? and, um, and that's very important. Yeah, and, and that was the most important yeah. thing to me coming here was just yeah. not to hurt anybody's feelings, basically. Yeah. Mm. Do you know? Yeah. It's, it's it's like early on in recovery, you know, when you go into a meeting and you say something and you say, afterwards, you say, oh, she missed that right. I know. I know. But here... You, you're more mindful and mm. you've, you've more understanding of, of the consequences of, of, of saying things yeah. that mm-hmm. you shouldn't be saying. And it's like, do you know what? You say your story, you say it without hurting anybody yeah. and you still inspire people at mm. the same yeah. time because you're giving them a direction as well. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. they, they'll, they'll listen to your story and say, do you know what? Do you know what? If, if I do this first, yeah, you know, and and that's what it's all about. Yeah, and it? I've said it before. Like uh, when I was asked to go on the Tommy Turner show the first time, I declined. Mm. It was for the exact reason. I don't want to hurt my mum. I don't want to hurt my dad and my siblings. Mm-hmm. And I said, no, I won't. And when I did it a year later, when they came back again, I asked permission. Basically, mm-hmm. I said, look, I'm going to give my story. It's going to come up. This stuff's going to come up. Is it? Mm. The last thing we want to do is hurt people oh, or blame the, anybody. That was the only nervous thing I had uh, really about coming mm. here. And I'm not a great speaker, like publicly or anything like that. But yeah, I just didn't want to hurt anyone. Do you know? And Audrey, like mm. that now helped me. And she saved my life. I've lost myself so many times through recovery. Beginning with my sister. You know, I was six years clean when my sister took her own life. January 2015. And... Um, what age was she? She was only 26. 28. 28. Yeah. She was 28 at the time. Young woman. Six months of a snowball deterioration, mm-hmm. a psychiatric tablets. Just She was just, I never understood mental health until Michelle died. Mm-hmm. I never thought mm-hmm. she was going to die. Even though she made attempts on her life nearly weekly, uh, it was just total chaos. But I never st- still thought she was going to die. And you don't, yeah, you don't, yeah, because you're looking at the attempts as in, like, <clears throat> you're looking at all the attempts as in some just a, a cry for help, yeah. and you think that they'll keep doing the cry for help, yeah. but, but I never suppose yeah. never because when they when they always survive, you think like like when Vincent died, mm-hmm. like uh, Teddy rang me, and I was in the College of Commerce, it was an early recovery, and uh, I was like, he thought he'd come over, like. People love it us all the time and come over like and then when he didn't it was like fucking hell. You get a fright, yeah. Yeah. Mm. You're not expecting oh, it, like when I said it was like that with Michelle. Oh my god, it was that it was the biggest blow ever in my life. Even to wait to go in to see where she killed herself into her, in, in her own house. It was like an eternity. And there's nothing like laying down on the floor with your dead sister and your mother on one side and me mm. on the other side. I'll never forget mm. it. Like she shouldn't have died. No. She shouldn't have died. I, I 
Sounds like she was bothered. There's another fracture yeah. in the family. Like so, when she yeah. died, we lost her children too, to an extent. Mm-hmm. Because they went with both their dads and like we had like, you know, it was like a big family unit all of us. And all of a sudden it's just like mm. me, my mom, Gillian and our kids, you know. It's we tragic were, on a lot of levels. like yeah. Massive and tragic for them too, poor children. Do you know what I mean? Like for you at the moment, these days. For these days, um... I suppose I'm finding myself again, uh, James. I lost myself after Michelle died. Wanted to die after Michelle died. Audrey helped me through all that. You know, I was lucky. I was getting lots of counselling back then. And because of COVID and finding out that I wasn't responsible for my fa- my daughter's um, illness and disability, I only found out two years ago that all she actually needed was an antibiotic within a couple of hours and mm. it wouldn't have gone so bad. And mm. I got that news during the start of COVID in serious lockdown with Andrew, who's an usher and needs to be on the go all the time. He's so funny, like he's gas. He's, like, How old he's is such he? a people person. They call him the Lord Mayor of Cork. He's 22 now. Hi, Andrew. Oh, hi, Andrew, baby. <laughs> um, he's he's gas. Like he's, I, you know, they say like it takes a, rel- a village to raise a child. That's what I've had with Andrew because he's bored with being just in our home. Like, Andrew would have one or two bulmers, feel like. We don't drink, like, there's no drink in our house. So he potters around. He's known by everybody since he was in primary school to now. I just had, like, say, a parent teacher meeting, and the, he goes to a hub and he's a little part time job in the harp on Man, a Friday. And he's like, he's a legend. Everybody knows him, but from primary school right up to like two weeks ago, a meeting about him, they were like, Everywhere we go, somebody knows him, Olivia. Mm. I said, I've been told that all my life. He's just real. Like he's not full a of life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I tell you now, full of life, popular character and just loves to be in the middle of everything and mm. having a ball. But Sounds um, amazing. Yeah, he is, he's an amazing child. Um, Should we bring him down some there? Oh, I will. Sure, he's fans now, the two Marys. <laughs> <laughs> Can I go? <laughs> um, but like, I, I suppose I'm getting into a better place. Do you know, after I suppose I realised I was br- uh, grieving all my life and had to box off my fe- feelings yeah. from Jane and the shame and the guilt and not to be, do, be able to do everything for her. Um, and now it's, I only told Audrey everything, like like the, the nitty gritty of all the details of like what came afterwards, bloody blah, the feelings, like to talk about the feelings of feeling a bad mother failure. She only hurt, like I'm with her 14 years and I'm only telling her last year, like I held it so close, so deep. And um, she was crying. She was crying. I looked over and she was crying. But um, just kind of dealing with the... She does. And I love her. Yeah, I love her. I'd be lost without her. I really would. Um, So I'm just trying to get back now to getting... um, Finding myself again. Restrictions have lifted. Covid crucified me. And all that information coming back about Jane was very hard to process. Uh, And lost connection. I I need connection. I'm a deeply connected person. I need something to look forward to. I need to be seeing my friends all the time. Like Zoom and on the phone is, was no good for me. And thank God for Justin. Like he was a massive support throughout all of that. Like he mm. took as much time off uh, from work as he could. Because I was, I think I had a breakdown. I still not fully recovered. Like, you know, uh, just to comprehend what I carried and blamed myself for all those years. Mm. Uh, just, I, but I'm working through it. Mm. I'm working through it. I have a fantastic network mm. around me. I have a little mini fellowship within the fellowship, mm. and uh, 
you know, people like I'm you a people some person. Fantastic people in your little yeah. mini fellowship there. Yeah. We my doctor's yeah. amazing. I love my doctor. <laughs> I've a new doctor since I got pregnant on Shay. I've a new little boy, Shay. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. Congratulations. Our recovery miracle baby. Do you know? Did I ever think that would happen? Fuck. You know, and he's adorable. He's a do you know, he's a pure four-year-old little yeah. messer and everything, but a pure character. And I got his um I got his, uh, you know, he's finishing preschool now, so they gave us a little report <coughs> on him. Oh, my God, the tears. Like, yeah. it was just all lovely stuff they said about him, like, mm. and I couldn't be so prouder. Mm. Like, I got another chance to be a mother in recovery uh, because, like, I suppose all that was important to me, coming from a fractured home, I just wanted to have a normal family life. Mm. No dramas, no violence. No, nothing, you know, just just a calm, like we're never going to get a perfect. I don't think I'm going to get a perfect with Shay either. He'll grow up and do his own thing too. Mm. But just to be in a place to give him security, do you know? Yeah. And that he knows when he comes in from school every day, there's certainty, do you know, there's no uncertainty in his life. He's mollycoddled <laughs> and he still sleeps in the bed with me and Justin's in his bed, <laughs> in the bunk bed. The boys, though, they're, oh, they're different, different to the mammy, though, aren't I they? I prayed for a boy, though. Yeah. I did pray for a boy now. and the boys are oh, a different story. Yeah. 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 Oh, unreal, yeah. unreal. All he wants is yeah. his mammy. Now mm. Justin's unreal with him. I'd be getting jealous with the relationship my wife has with my 10-year-old. Yeah. I'd be pushed aside, like, if there's, if me and him are having a, no, we leg out and yeah. a lot, me and him, we have a bit of crack. <laughs> She never takes my side. I know. I know, I know. <laughs> like, I'm getting brushed over there. Like, oh, I, I know that. I, I know that. I, I walk in from work and <laughs> there's your man sitting down having his dinner for fried and she up over him and she looking after him. I'm saying, where's my dinner? You oh. make your own dinner. Oh, stop. I know, I know. I'm I know. only joking. She'll kill me over that. Flip her the office, yeah. <laughs> no, she was. She, she looks after me. Ah, uh, she of course she does. You, you yeah. wouldn't be going no, on this long if you weren't caring for each other and waiting for each about, other. Talking about having a partner in your life, and I know James is the same. Like, yeah, we're just blessed to have blessed. the people we have in our lives blessed. today because they're 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 the people who make us keep going. Absolutely, you know, and they give us belief in humanity. Yeah. You know, and because they teach us about friendship. Teach us about love, how yeah. to be kind. I know. You know, and, and I'm blessed to have the people that I have in my life today. Yeah. yeah. You know? And Jill Shirt, yeah. yeah. And Justin's an excellent communicator. And yeah. I, I'd be telling Audrey, I said, no matter how many meetings or how many sessions I have with you, I'll never be able to communicate as, be, as, as well as Justin. Mm. He is, um, he'll name it there and there, you know, there yeah. and then. I could fester for a week and hold mm. on to something. Like if you said the wrong word to me, this is mm. going back mm. a couple of years ago. Or, early relationship yeah. and like we had a lot of work to do I, I had to do it myself and he was in early recovery of a couple of years ahead of him but like we, we were going back since 2011 mm -hmm. as friends anyway but um, he's some communicator like mm -hmm. and he'll just name it and he'll want it done you know mm -hmm. just this, talk about it now forget about it blah 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 move on and you know that's he, good that's Jillian, Jillian is a bit like that. So yeah. She's yeah. very forward. Like if there's something yeah. to be said, like she'd be very assertive that way, which yeah. is good. You know, you stand with people, yeah. not festers. You get over it and you move on with your oh life. Oh you know? God, I could carry it for weeks. I know. I'd be a little bit time with me at the start. I suppose if if you're doing that, then like it's mm. you're you're going down the passive aggressive route, mm. and you're yeah. kind of caught up in your head, and you're yeah. feeling well, and you're carrying just, resentment. Then it is the right thing to do. What definitely. Oh, 100%, yeah. but like now I can like 
talk and yeah. say it or I'm upset about that. But Takes us time, you know, though. Do you know what we fight <laughs> over most? Food. <laughs> I tell you now, we have so little fights or arguments yeah. or, you know, he's disputes. He's a chef. Is he? No, he's, he did do the Aaron Chef in yeah. and it just, do you know why? He was just too old getting into the uh, game, I think. Yeah. That's something you have to kind of really... Does he carry them skills into oh, the home? Like I'd say he'd be a great cook at home. Like brilliant. He's uh, absolutely brilliant. And he'd help, like, he did a communion party. Now, he'd help out anyone now. Mm-hmm. My sister's communion was at our, her daughter my godchild was at the weekend it was a lovely distraction from the two Norries mm-hmm. and you know he went out and uh, helped with displaying all the food and the, like great help to her now I swear she said she would have been lost without him mm-hmm. like he's just pure hands on gets on with anybody it's like I don't have to even think it's just an alright can he hold his own yeah. not a bad he's a yeah. pleasure to go anywhere with Brilliant. you know he's a great old I'm blessed yeah. I'm actually I'm blessed I'm he's blessed too Oh yeah, I'm like Justin. Yeah. He's fans as well. I He's share a fan. And everybody. Yeah. It was listen, it was lovely talking to you. Yeah, thank I, you. I remember um you know, when I was in early recovery, we used to go out to meetings together and stuff. But I always looked up to you because you were a, f- a couple of years kind of ahead of us. And uh, you know, you always was very classy and very glamorous to you. I know so I feel like I had to get to know you a little bit better here because I didn't really know a lot of the backstory no. because you'd be quite um Resolved in your sharing, you know. So and I was buried then as well. A lot mm. of my story, the backstory, you yeah. know, I couldn't yeah. talk about it till I was ready. Do you know but what I, I think? Everything yeah. happens at the right time and unfolds at the right time, and yeah. here we are. The time but is right now. Yeah, absolutely. From all the other people that I've spoke that like what in any they have always spoke very highly about, about yourself and, oh, thank and you. in, in the meetings and stuff and. Um, and your story and how, and how you are and how well you're doing, you know, and I think that says a lot, you know, and, and sometimes we need to take that and, and, and have a bit of pride for it as well. It's good. I spoke with a fella today, I work with drug and alcohol service and uh, this fella's in the depths of it, right? And I said, what well, I was in the depths of it, you know, my reputation was, you know, scumbag, junkie, these are the kind of labels, but now I'm somebody that's respected in the community, people come to me for help. Mm. And your reputation is everything, you know. Mm-hmm. And your reputation is brilliant. Oh, thank you. So mm-hmm. that's that's thank great. It's like no matter what, nobody could ever say anything bad about you because you're a good person. That's oh, all you can be. Be a good person yeah. and yeah. help the other person coming up behind you. So that's it. Yeah. Great talking. Thank yeah. Thanks very much. Thanks, Thanks, so, much. Thanks so much. Thank, thank you. you. And we'll see and everybody next week. Thank you. Slant. Slant. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.